The shake started, and it took me a good five minutes to get my courage back. Should have taken less time, with so many reminders of Tali all around me. But being in a room she might never see again scared me more than any guard I'd ever crossed. Nerves finally steadied, if not calmed, I stripped out of Aelin's dress and into Tali's white uniform. It was too short and tight around the waist and hips, but the green vest hid it well enough. I folded Aelin's things and hid them in a drawer in case anyone looked into the room. I left, trying hard not to sneak, and strolled toward the treatment ward. After a few odd stares from various first and second cords, I picked up the pace. An apprentice late for rounds wouldn't be strolling. The general treatment ward looked just as I remembered as a child, when I'd helped Mama on her rounds. I hadn't done much— held some towels or small bowls of warm water for cleaning up blood, but I'd felt important. It was the life I'd hoped to have, back before I discovered my dreams were hopeless. The room looked smaller now, maybe because I was bigger. Beds were arranged in neat rows with gauzy curtains hung between them for privacy. Most of the folks who came here were mildly injured or sick, or couldn't pay as much as a full healing required. The rich and the really hurt ones were taken to private rooms. I turned and headed that way, sweat dampening the hairs along my neck. I hadn't been in one of those rooms since Papa died, killed by one of the Duke's soldiers a few months before the war ended. Mama had tried to save him, but by the time the other soldiers in his unit had gotten him to the League, he was gone. No one ever told us where Mama died. They just returned her in a box like some unwanted gift. The Siri men were running the league by then, helping to squash the last of our rebellion. Closed doors lined a hall almost as intimidating as the sanctuary. At the end, wide stairs spiraled up and into shadows. I grabbed the copper handrail and took a step closer to where I hoped Tolly would be. You, there! I froze, fingers tight against the cold metal, then took another step. Maybe he wasn't talking to me. Apprentice, get down here, you're needed in the ward. I turned, mouth open, but couldn't think of a single believable reason to refuse. A short, bald man with six gold cords on one shoulder and two silver ones on the other stared at me. A heel master. Now, girl, he folded his arms across his chest. We have injured waiting. Saint, save me. I walked over, and he took me by the back of the neck. Not hard, but like someone used to herding disobedient apprentices around. He guided me back into the general treatment ward and stopped between rows of beds. Four beds had people on them, some sitting, some lying down, all injured. What's the first step in determining an injury? He spoke in a teacher's voice and probably wouldn't take kindly to me answering wrong. I swallowed, but my mouth was dry. You, uh... My hands hovered over the woman on the bed, well-dressed despite the rips and bloodstains on her clothes. The heelmaster's toe started tapping. You put one hand on the head and one on the heart to feel the extent of the injury. He nodded, and the tapping stopped. Go on. I glanced down at the patient. She was awake, and though her eyes were glassy and unfocused, 
She didn't look too badly hurt. I placed my hands on her and sensed around inside, like Talia taught me. Bruised ribs and skull. No breaks. Any bleeds? Bleeds? Talia never taught me how to feel for bleeds. I, uh, can't tell. Did you pay any attention in class? He put his hands over mine. A faint tingle slid through me, passing into the woman underneath. The bruises became brighter, sharper in my mind. Then something else. A dark spark. Like spots behind your lids after you stared at the sun too long. Do you see it? There, along the base of the cranium. I did. Yes. His hands pulled away and the spot dimmed. I reached for the spot again and it blazed. A guilty giddy.